New Testament, the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 10 is where we're going to be today. And while you're fi finding that, uh, since we're focusing on, on kids today, uh, I ran across something I wanted to share with you. I, I have a lot of times after church, kids will bring me notes, all right? And a lot of times it's a picture that they have drawn of me uh, while they're, you know, in, in the audience or whatever, and they bring me this picture, and it's always hideous. I mean, it's exactly what I see in the mirror every single day, right? And so they draw great pictures. They just don't have a good subject matter. And so they'll bring me those. They'll bring me little notes, you know, sometimes that'll say certain things or maybe say something that I said in a message or, you know, just something cute. God uses kids to be such a blessing to adults a lot of times. But, but I've read some uh, recently that I wanted to share with you. I've never gotten any like these, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, this one's from a, a little boy named Andrew. He was eight years old. He said, I know that you preach that God loves everybody, but he hasn't met my sister. <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, <clears throat> maybe not. Here's another one from Patty. She's 10. She says, I'm sorry I can't leave more money in the offering plate, but my father didn't give me a raise in my allowance. Could you have a sermon about a raise in my allowance? <clears throat> I need a raise in my allowance too, Lynette, by the way. Here's one, of my, here's one of my favorites, though, because I, I've prayed this prayer myself. Uh, this is from a little boy. He says, please say, please say a prayer for my baseball team. We need God's help. <laughs> or a new pitcher. <laughs> and this one will be your favorite. I just know this will be your favorite because the early service, they cheered at this one. This came from Ralph, age 11. I liked your sermon on Sunday, especially when it was finished. Yeah. They'll just be brutally honest, won't they? Kids will say what they're thinking. They will, you know, say the most awkward things at the most awkward times. And they can be aggravating. They can be funny. They can be a lot of different things. But I believe what God wants to remind us today is this. They are important. They are important. The Psalm uh, writer said in, in chapter 127, verse 3, tells us that children are a, a gift from the Lord, even on those days that they get on your very last nerve, right? Uh, even on those days, they are still uh, a gift. And uh, as I was preparing for today, I, I preached a sermon several years ago from this passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at today in Mark chapter 10. And as I went back and I looked at my notes from that message, I saw that I used a, an illustration there uh, from uh, about Walt Disney. And I believe it's still applicable today. So if you were here six years ago and you take good notes or have a good memory, you'll probably remember this. But I think it still applies today. Like, like many of you, Lynette and I, we took our kids to Disney World, right? We've actually have been uh, a couple of different times, and I realize that Disney is, you know, not always the epitome of Christian values and everything that they do. I, I understand that, but I do believe that there are some things that we can learn from them, uh, learn from Disney uh, in our mission to reach children. Uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Walt Disney was the man behind this dream, as most of us know, and, and his dream was this. And I'm going to put this up on the uh, screen for you this morning. He wanted to create an unforgettable experience for children. All right? He wanted to create a, a place 
where kids could come with their parents and kids could come with their grandparents and be totally amazed. Not just amused, but to be uh, amazed. And Disney, uh, he, he had a heart for children. He once wrote this. He said, both my study of scripture and my career in entertaining children have taught me to cherish them. And so what he did was, is he built an empire around how to give kids an unforgettable and amazing experience in, in their lives. And here's what uh, I believe that we need to understand as the church today, when it comes to ministering to children, when it comes to trying to minister uh, to, to teenagers uh, today, because of Disney and because of folks like Disney and, and because of all the different types of entertainment and recreation that are available to children and to teenagers today, we as the church can't just stick our head in the sand and say, we're going to keep doing it the way we've always done it, right? We as the church, we have to deliver the message of Jesus now in a way that will make it unforgettable and an amazing experience. Now, do we, do we uh, uh, you know, lose integrity in the message that we have? No, we stick to the truths. We stick to God's word, but we have to create, create an environment to where they will receive it and, and be interested in it. Today, we have incredible access to powerful technology, powerful resources. Uh, when it comes to teaching children and teenagers, we, we send these kids out to children's church uh, every single week. And I don't know if you've ever just went and stuck your head in what they're doing right now. They're meeting up in the, the attic as we prepare to build them a new place. But uh, just sometime, just, you know, go up there and visit. It will blow your mind the things they're doing and, and the way that they do them up there. But it's a vital part of our ministry to not just children, but to teenagers uh, in our church today. And so we have got to be open-minded. Again, we can't just stick our head in the sand and say we're not going to change. You know, we've got to be open-minded to how useful these tools are to reach the generation that we've been put here at this place in this time to minister to. And so we've got to uh, uh, be aware of that. And I realize not everyone shares my feelings when it comes to what that may look like and how we do that. And I understand we don't, may not all agree on that. And that's perfectly okay. When you're the pastor, you can do it your way. All right. But, but uh, you know, no, seriously, it, it's okay that we may not all agree on this. But I think it's extremely important that children never leave church and say, that was boring, I never want to go back. I just think that's important. I think that's a big deal, that a kid would never walk out of church and say, that was boring, I, I never want to come back. Our hope is that they will always leave here saying, that was so awesome that I want to come back and I want to bring my friends. And what, what happens a lot of times is, is we have kids come to church and their parents don't. And so a lot of times the kids will come and fall in love with the church and then bring the parents with them. That's our vision for what children's ministry and teen ministry uh, should look like. But y'all, seriously, it's a different world now than the world you and I grew up in, right? It, it, it's a whole different world. I was recently reading a, an article on ministry and church growth, and, and, and it was speaking to things like this. And it said something to me that, that when I read it, I went, what? And then I thought, you know, that's, it, it's spot on what they were saying. But it was talking about when families either move into a community or they decide to start going to church. 
It said that when it comes to families who are looking for a church home, the most likely person to decide where the family will visit for the first time will be the mother. And then those who will decide if they're coming back a second time will be the children, right? That's huge. Times have changed, haven't they? I mean, when you were a kid, did your parents ever consult you about where you were going to go to church? Or if you were going to go? Huh? I mean, you're just a kid. Shut your mouth. You'll do what you're told, right? And so, you know, times have changed. When we were kids, our opinions was never considered when it come to, when it come to church. We didn't get a, a vote on where we went or if we went. It was non-negotiable. But today, it's often the children that are making those decisions or at least have a voice or input in the decision-making process to where families are going to go to church today. And I don't get it. I don't understand it because our kids don't tell us when or who they're going to, the, you know, the dentist, right? I mean, they don't pick or choose if they're going to the doctor or not or who their doctor's going to be. We don't let them pick that because we know what's best for them. But in our society today, uh, and the only way I can really think to say it is this, is, is it's almost like the tail is wagging the dog now. And, and, you know, like it or not, we have to be aware of that. You know, whether that's the right way or the wrong way, I, I don't know. But we have to realize this is the generation that we have been called to minister to. And, and, and to reach. And so, you know, we have to be aware of that. And if the message is boring or the message is irrelevant and they walk out of here and say, I didn't like that. I don't want to go back. We've lost our audience, right? We've lost the people that we have been called to make disciples to. And, and so it, it's a big deal. And I, and I can tell you this, and I believe I can say this with absolute certainty today, Jesus Christ was anything but boring. All right? I believe with all my heart he was anything but boring because multitudes of people would come to hear him. Multitudes of people would follow him. And we don't follow boring people, right? No, no one will, no one does. And so Jesus was anything but that. Crowds flocked to him to hear his colorful preaching, to hear his interesting illustrations and compelling stories, to witness his amazing miracles, to hear his teaching. And adults and children love to be around Jesus. They love to be around him. But, I, you know, I can't explain this as good as the gospel writer uh, can here, Mark, today. And we're in the closing chapter of the story uh, of Jesus' ministry. Think about it. He's, on, he's, he's in Jerusalem for his very last trip. He knows what, about, what uh, is about to come. It's the cross. He's about to be crucified. So we're in the, the final days, the final chapter, if you will, of his ministry. So with that context in mind, let's pick it up at verse 13. This morning, Mark chapter 10, verse 13 says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them! Exclamation point. Right? So this scripture today, I believe, is going to challenge us in three different areas with three different things today. Jesus, excuse me, Jesus loves the little children, 
So let them come. So let them come. Here in verse 13, we see that people were bringing their children to Jesus. This is similar to to what we're doing today, bringing their children to, to, to be blessed, to be dedicated to the Lord. These parents knew that it was important that their children come in contact with Jesus and know Jesus and be introduced to Jesus. They knew that children mattered to Jesus and that Jesus loved the little children and that he would bless them. But what happened here, right? The disciples didn't want to be bothered with this, did they? They didn't want to be bothered with with having kids around. They scolded the parents, the scripture says, for bothering Jesus. And we look at this and think this is absurd, right? We look at this and go, you know, how rude. What were they thinking? This, you know, uh, this is no way to, to, to build the church, right? I mean, it's, if, if I were to start criticizing <coughs> and scolding parents out there today, they wouldn't come back. And so you're thinking, this is, this is a terrible uh, ministry tool right here. This, this is no way to do this. But I also think, you know, I've heard a lot of sermons preached on this, and I'm sure you have too. And, and we always lean on the disciples kind of hard. You know, it's a bad decision, bad move, shouldn't have done it, Should, shouldn't have gone down that way. But... I think we might ought to cut them a little slack because they knew something big was about to happen, right? They knew something big was uh, about to take place. Jesus had been warning them that they were about to face some very uncertain circumstances and situations when they got into Jerusalem. And so imagine they're a little stressed right now and they're a little edge on now. Any parents ever been a little stressed or a little on edge and then the kids come and just make it worse, (laughs) right? I mean, they just kind of, they kind of push you off the edge. Well, that's, you know, kind of where the disciples were. And I'm sure they saw this interruption coming that they didn't need right now. They didn't, they didn't have time, you know, for all this, but not Jesus, right? And who's our example? Jesus is our example and Jesus loves the little children. And so before we get too hard on these disciples today, I believe it's important that we look at our own hearts, all right? And we have to be careful with our own attitudes when it comes to these kinds of things that Jesus are talking about here because some of us may be more like the disciples than we actually care to admit. And so verse 14, it says that Jesus was angry with them because of this. Other, other translation says that he was indignant with the disciples. Jesus would not tolerate this kind of attitude then, and I don't believe that he will tolerate it today when it comes to children. Jesus loves the little children, and he said, let them come. Let them make a mess. Let them interrupt. Let them get in the way. Let them come. It's important uh, that they come. And statistics show today that over 80% of those who give their life to Christ do it before they're, the, they're 18 years old. 80% of people who make a profession to follow Jesus do it before they turn 18 years old. And the older that a person gets without becoming a Christian, the less likely they're going to be to do so and make that decision. This is why our children's ministries and our teen ministries take such high priority in the church. 
Because 80% of the people that accept Christ do it before they turn 18 years old. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's important. So we got to make it a big deal. And it's got to be important to us. And I love the fact that our church board gets this. I'm not preaching on this today because it's a problem. Because uh, for the most part, y'all get it right. And I love the heart of our church board that gets this. And in the upcoming months, you're going to see uh, a significant commitment from our church and our church board to build a brand new children's worship center out there that is going to be state-of-the-art. It's going to be first class. Kids and parents alike are going to walk in. They're going to see that. They're going to experience that. And they're going to know that Greenbrier Nazarene puts a value on their children, puts a value on our kids, puts a value on their families. And let me tell you, tell you this, when they see that, when they see that, they will be more open and receptive to the message. When they know we care, when they know that we will go above and beyond for their kids and their grandkids, when they know that we care, then they'll listen to the message. They'll listen to the story, this life-changing message of Jesus Christ. So Jesus says first, let them come. Don't get in their way. Don't hinder them. Let them come. Do whatever it takes to get them here. The second thing that we learn about children from this story is that we should learn from them. We should learn from them. Jesus tells us that it's important that we learn from the children. He goes on to say in verse 14, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are what? Like these children. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. There's some strong words, right? Don't, don't miss this because Jesus is, is saying some pretty strong words here. In order to be his child, we have to be like a child. And we can't just skip over this and go, how cute. Right? We let the children come, not just for their sake, but for our sake. It's as important for us that the children are here than it is that they're here. It's for our sake. And they represent the kind of people that will inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus says, watch these kids. Jesus says, let these kids come and then learn from them. And this is why I believe in God's infinite wisdom. He, he designed the world the way he did with the human race uh, multiplying by having babies, right? And it takes years for them to grow into adults. And, and so I believe it was just a, a beautiful illustration that he created so that we could understand who he was a little better and the relationship that he wants to have uh, with us. The way the human race continues is an incredible example of our relationship with dad, all right? Our heavenly, heavenly dad. And just think about what children can model for us. This week, maybe when you go home or, or, or this week, I want you to just look at your kids for a little bit. Uh, it's easier probably when they're sleeping. Uh, but look at your kids, you know, or look at your grandkids and go, what is it about this child that God would have me to be like? What is it about this child? Because think about what they model for us. They model the kind of dependence that we have uh, in our Father, right? Those of you with the babies that, that you're carrying today and you brought to be dedicated, they're totally dependent on you for every need. Right? Maybe God's saying, hey, look, you need to recognize you're totally dependent on me. You need to be like this little child. You need to be more dependent and less independent. 
And so he would say, learn from the child. They model this helplessness that a child has when it comes to some of the most basic tasks in life. And they also model this. You watch a kid's faith. I believe this is what Jesus was getting at when he talked about this. You, you, you look at a kid's faith and how simple it is and how big it is. That's the kind of faith that we must have as Christians. You read a child a story about Jonah and the whale, and they're amazed. You preach on a story on Jonah and the whale in big church, and people will go, well, that's a cute story, but you know, we all know there's no way that could have really happened. A child's faith. Jesus said we must be like a child to enter the kingdom of God. There's a lot of things that I believe that we can learn from these little children. The word children appears in the Bible 482 times. And the majority of the time that you see children referenced to in the Bible, it's not talking about little kids, but it's speaking to individuals who are in a relationship with God. You may be all big, grown, and grown up, got the world by the tail. You're just a kid. You're God's kid if you've accepted and placed your faith and your trust in him. We're his children. And Jesus says to be his child, we must learn from the little children. Watch them. Listen to them. See their dependence, see their trust, see their incredible faith, and then model your life after that. Because we must become like little children to inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus loves the little children. We need to let them come, and we need to learn from them. And then finally today, we need to love them intentionally. We need to love them on purpose. We need to go out of our way to love on the children intentionally. Look at what happens next here. Jesus is basically scolded the disciples after they've scolded the parents, right? Everybody's all tense. Everybody's all up in the air. Got all this going on. We got a building project. We got, you know, da, 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 da. Got all this going on. Look at what happens here in verse 16. What did Jesus do? Step back. He took the children in his arms. He placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. What's he doing here? He stops and he gives them his full attention. Right? He gives them his full attention. He, wrap, he puts them in his arms. He talks to them personally, one-on-one, and he blesses them. Hands-on ministry. What was he doing? He took the time to show them that he cared. He took the time to show them that they had value. And folks, this is a huge lesson for, for all of us to learn because Jesus shows us that the way to reach a child's heart is to reach for their hand. Instead of slapping it away, it's to reach for it and grab it, giving them time, showing them value, being committed to being there for them, right? And here's why this is so important, especially in the world that we live in today. Young people and children are often devalued in their home today. 
They're devalued in, in the society that they're living in. And many young people today feel like they're not loved by anyone and they have no value whatsoever to add to this world because they've been raised in an environment that taught them that and told them that. And this community is full of children like that. And so we need to understand it. And, and I've seen kids like that. I've seen numerous kids like that that have felt that way and been raised that way. And they've walked through the doors of this church and the kids stopped and took time and showed them value. They, they loved on, these adults loved on these kids. They were loved on by the church. Simply taking time to talk, to listen, to give them a hug, to love them like Jesus. And I've seen those very kids accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior because they saw the love of Jesus in and through the church, getting it right and doing it right. That's why it's so important. It's huge. I, I love this excerpt from a book, uh, Talking to Children About God. It's written by a, a guy by the name of Rick Osborne. And he says this, and I want to put it up on the screen today because I think this is incredible. Children need to see regular people. That's me and you, right? We're just regular. <laughs> regular people doing their best to live God's way. Will we be perfect? No. Will we ever get it completely right? Probably not. But doing their very best to live God's way. There should be a whole range of people of different ages painting pictures with their lives, with their words, and with their actions for our children to store in their memories and to draw on in their daily life. I love this. This is, you know, Jesus loves the little children and our children, the children of this community need to see the love of Jesus. Listen, that's what we've been called to do. That's our job. It's to love the children, to love people intentionally. And as I mentioned earlier, Disney is not the best example of, of Christian morals in all they do, but what they do well is, is they reach kids and they reach families. And, and they do it well. And the church, I believe, would do well to remember the place that Jesus gave to the little children as well. And Jesus loved the little children, and he tells us to let the children come, to learn from them, and to love them intentionally. And if we love on kids the way that Jesus did, we'll not only win their hearts, but we'll also touch the hearts of their parents. And then what that will do is it will create opportunities and open doors for us to be able to serve their families and share with them this life-changing message of Jesus Christ because it's Jesus that changes people. It's Jesus that transforms families. It's Jesus that brings healing to brokenness. And we can introduce them to that once we've shown them that love. And when we get this, we will never again... <laughs> when we get this, we will never again have to beg for vacation Bible school workers. When we get this, we'll never have to beg for nursery workers. We'll never have to beg for Sunday school teachers. And to those of you that teach and volunteer in these areas, thank you so much. Because I know the hard work that it is. It takes a commitment to do it. It's a lot of work. And I want to thank you for serving in our children's and, and youth ministries if you do. Because of you, we're seeing God bless in a special way. A lot of kids are coming to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because of you 
and what you do. And I just want to thank you personally this morning for doing that. We are blessed to be a blessing. Jesus loves the little children. And we must be like our Father. And listen, don't miss this as we close this morning. It's so very important for today that we do this. But we also need to understand how important it is for our children's future because the values that we pass on to our children will be the values that they'll pass on to theirs. Makes a difference. It's very important. The prophet Hosea in the Old Testament, he was writing... Uh, uh, talking about how the people of Israel had not been obedient to God, how they hadn't done the things that God had told them to do. And so he was writing about that, and he spoke to the damage that it had not only done right then, but the damage that it had done to future generations by their disobedience. And he wrote this in Hosea chapter 8 and verse 7. He says, They have planted the wind and will harvest a whirlwind. You and I today are reaping seeds that were planted a generation ago. You and I are reaping fruit from seeds that were planted back in 1904 right here on this very spot. You and I are, are, are blessed because other people came before us and showed us the path and you know what? We hold the future of our kids and we hold the future of our grandkids in what we're doing for them right now. It's in our hands today. And Jesus says, let them come. Don't stop them. Get them here, whatever it takes. Because here's the deal, and I'll just be blunt because that's how I am. When your kids and your grandkids stand before Jesus, and we all will give an account someday, and one of these days your children will be a part of that. You will too, but so will your children, so will your grand grandkids, and I want you to picture that with me this morning. When they stand before him, he's not going to ask them even once what they scored on their ACT. He's not going to ask them what kind of scholarships they got. He's not going to ask them what kind of degrees they received. He's, ah, man, I'd almost be willing to say he's not even going to ask them how many championship trophies and rings they won. Because, see, none of that matters. We make it matter, and we're making a mistake. That should not be the priority that we raise our kids up in, right? And I believe that's why Jesus was so indignant with what he was speaking to and what he was talking about here because he loved the little children, and it matters. And if we make anything other than Jesus Christ a priority in our kids' life, in our grandkids' life, you know what we're doing? We're planting wind, and we will reap a whirlwind if that's the seeds that we have planted. Jesus loves the little children because it matters. It matters for eternity. 
And we can't play around with this. This is something that we have got to get right. Let me pray. God, I just simply pray today that you would help us to get this right. I pray today that we just wouldn't be hearers of the word, but we would become doers. Our children and our grandchildren's eternities hang in the balance of how we respond to what your word says. Show us what we can do for you. Show us what we can do for these precious children. And I ask in your powerful name today that you would help us to get it right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.